unpacking the many crises that shape who we are and what we believe in. This is Identity Crisis Collective with Chloe and Jake. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Identity Crisis Collective. And this is a really big episode for us because we have our first ever guest, Chloe. Yes, we do. I'm so excited. Chloe, who are, we, who are we chatting to this week? We're chatting to Zeddy. Hi, guys. <laughs> so excited to be here. Thank you so it's much like- for jumping on. It's it's great to have you. The big thing for us this week uh, that we are unpacking, the big crises, I think this is a really great example of one of those sort of mini crises that we all go through as we look at what we eat and are we eating the right things? And so, when Chloe and I were planning this season out, I, I, I just thought, let's chat about veganism, vegetarianism, eating ethically. Can we really eat ethically? Is that possible? And then, Chloe, you said something to me about your diet and about the fact that you call yourself a part-time vegan. Yeah, that's me. I love it. Basically, I just am vegan one day a week, which sounds super lazy, and it is. That's exactly why I do it, because I am very lazy. Um. But that's, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's it's mostly, I mean, I try my best to eat plant-based products as much as I possibly can, but designating that one day a week, make sure that I can like maintain my focus, I suppose. Where did it start for you? Where did the initial sort of exposure to being vegan come from? Oh, to being vegan has been like forever. I have tons and tons of family members who live in Tassie. <laughs> they like live on farms. They just like love nature and they just like vibe with it they're all just like we love animals and we don't want to hurt them and we also enjoy the planet it's pretty cool um so I have tons of vegan family members and I always have and then the idea of like part-time veganism was literally I watched the episode of hot ones with Natalie Portman and she's a vegan and she wrote a book or something (laughs) I don't know about how being vegan one day a week can like do incredible things for the environment for animal rights movements for your body for yourself your brain your soul your spirit everything <laughs> such a I like, I like how quickly this is ascended into just buzzwords and oh yeah feelings and <laughs> spirituality feelings are important spirituality is really important i shouldn't mock this on a, on a public forum however <laughs> um what is obviously quite apparent is that this is somewhat popular this is quite trendy i think at the moment there's a term for you which is flexitarianism and i found this out today and i'm so excited Ooh. by it because it sounds terrible and uh, pretentious yeah. <laughs> and just this need to label everything that i don't understand I hate labels. So, data from 2018 shows that about two and a half million of us in Australia eat either a fully vegetarian or majority vegetarian diet, which is up from about 1.7 million from 2012. Um, In the the show notes, we'll put some more links to to research and and so on. So, it shows you that this is sort of heading in that that trend direction, that positive trend. Xanthi, you're vegetarian, am I right in saying? Yes, but I am exactly like Chloe and I call myself a part-time vegetarian and I have to laugh every time I say it to people because I don't want them to think that like, I don't know, like I don't, I can't say I'm just vegetarian because people always call me out, they're like, I know you ate KFC on your break yesterday, I'm like, yeah, I know, so I have to say I'm part-time vegetarian now, but I really want to be a full-time vegetarian, but it is hard. And like Chloe, I'm lazy as well. 
So like, I just need that little thing that like gets me out of it. That's why I say part-time vegetarian. Cause sometimes yeah. I do eat meat and I feel really bad about it. But sometimes it's like, I can't, like, I just, you gotta do to. what you gotta do. Gotta yeah. Do what you gotta do. Is convenience the biggest barrier for you? No, it's actually not the biggest barrier. Like I buy a lot of my own groceries or like my mum's really good with, if she goes to the shops, she's happy to buy plant-based products as well, um, eat them herself and stuff. So it's like not even not convenient. It's more like the social barriers that are a bit inconvenient. Um, Like when I go to my boyfriend's house, I don't want to say to his family, like, I'm vegetarian, please like, get rid of all the meat in your house for me <laughs> even though I'm sure they'd be happy to do it they're very like hospitable people um but I just don't want to make that fuss and so when I first made the decision to become vegetarian I was like I'm gonna not eat meat ever in my whole life except for at his house because <laughs> the thought of making a fuss to his mum is just so stressful to me so I will give up my vegetarianism for that one or two days a week that I go there and that's just something that I will have to live with. I feel the same way about even just like making vegan meals at home like because my partner eats what I eat so I'm like I feel bad like not that it's bad food or anything like that but if that's like not what he like it's not his vibe and it's not what he's interested in so it's like here you go like you're not allowed to have any meat for one day (laughs) like you have to eat everything that I eat. Isn't it so just hard being annoying. like a people pleaser and just? Oh my god, like, literally, we could have a whole episode about that. All the people up for you. <laughs> yes. Oh, the three Sorry, of us animals. are identical. <laughs> we are the same. This yeah. Is, yeah. So if you've just. I would say if you've just tuned in, it's a podcast you've been listening since the start. <laughs> if you're new to this season and you haven't heard our first episode yet, Chloe and I did a deep dive into um, astrology and the the general takeaway, I don't think we actually use the word, but it's quite clear that we are people pleasers, right? So the fact that we've got Xanthi on who's a people pleaser, I think just it's where this great trifecta. Yeah. Um, it's fi- yeah. finally just like people being like oh oh I'm so sorry Are you, is everything okay I, I didn't mean to I really didn't mean to say anything that would offend you I'm so sorry like, just like so emotional for no reason and just like apologizing for everything I'm so sorry just for even opening my mouth at all like, I'm so sorry <laughs> for actually making you talk to me and like just being in your presence like I actually yeah. apologize That's I'm so actually sorry for me. existing I can just stop yeah. like I could try sorry. to stop <laughs> So you've talked, Santhi, about that judgment that you felt or you, the fact that others will point you, point out to you going, hey, you had some KFC. You're not really a vegetarian if you're, you're having a cheat meal. Have you found that judgment, though, that the fact you are only a part, like committing to that part-time? I say only, only that's me passing a judgment in and of itself, I fear. But, you know, like that, that sort of part-time nature of that commitment, is that in itself like being judged, do you think? Um... I don't think so. Maybe probably without me knowing because I don't want to know about it. So I expect people are judging me when I say I'm part-time vegetarian, but I try not to think about that because I already feel bad that I'm part-time vegetarian. Um, And I do stress when I tell anyone, hi, I'm a part-time vegetarian. I do say I don't eat meat 90% of the time, but I really like sushi and I really like KFC, although I have stopped eating KFC. So I'm getting there. I think the judgment's mainly from myself that I can't fully commit to it. Cause I'm like, you're so close. Like just 
just tell people, hey, I don't really like eating meat, like it's not that hard. So I think the judgment's mainly from myself than other people. I feel that as well. Like with, I mean, I feel it more when I say that I'm a part-time vegan, people are just like, okay, why? Like, why do you care enough to just be like one once a day? <laughs> like one day a week, oh my God, hello. Like people just are like, okay, so why not just like not do that then? Cause life would be a lot easier for you. Like why are you wasting time? I feel that a lot. But then I feel judgment for myself in the opposite way where I'm like, all the animals on this earth are dying constantly and I hate myself. <laughs> like that's yeah, where the I judgment know, comes off of me. Exactly. It's so sad. It's so sad. And like I will eat, like for example, like yesterday I ordered Uber Eats from myself from my favourite local Vietnamese restaurant called What the Pho. Their family <gasps> restaurant, they used to live around the corner from me. So I feel very inclined to support them, support your local businesses. Um, I ordered from them. They follow me on Instagram, by the way. Not to <gasps> Sorry, she's famous. <laughs> so she's famous or whatever. Does what the foe follow you? I don't think they do. <laughs> um, and I ordered from them. I ordered my kids fried rice. And I wrote in the comments, please make it vegetarian fried rice. And they didn't. So I had prawns and like probably a bit of pork or whatever in it. Did I eat it? Yeah, of course. I'm not going to not eat You're not an animal. Foe. Yeah, I'm not, a, yeah <laughs> I'm not a crazy person. And they put on their Instagram, like, when you order from us, you're sitting at our dinner table. And I wanted to pull up a seat. Sue me. Like, I wanted to eat at your dinner table. So That's I ate how, the fried rice. Yeah, I feel like that as well because throwing something out that's a part of something is just as bad as eating it anyways. Like, you've paid for it. You are already contributing to the system. So what on earth would be the point of you throwing it away obviously unless you are having a vegan diet for health reasons it's just like wasteful then and then it's like well what are we even doing here it's funny that you both mentioned animal rights as something that's super important to you even though you feel conflicted about the part-time thing because i am very much a meat eater in, I mean, I, I do eat vegetables. It's not as though all I eat is meat, but I, I don't have in any way an ethical diet from that point of view. And yet I've been to animal rights protests and I have a habit of accidentally ending up at animal rights protests. So does that make my presence there totally invalid? Am I allowed to go out and protest and say that, for instance, we shouldn't be exporting animals alive overseas? that we, you know, need to protect our livestock here in Australia? Like, is that something that I'm not allowed to do? That's something that um, I feel really conflicted no. about, right? <laughs> and, and that's the thing. And I, I also stress that I'm not coming here to, like, feel like I have to repent for my sins or anything. <laughs> but like, I, I get that, like, that's enough of a struggle for me. And I have barely considered really touching my diet as something that I can, I feel as though I can make a change in the world. And I think that's the biggest thing I struggle with, with these sort of ideas in general, is the sense that you as a, as a person are empowered enough to change what you do and that that will have an impact on everyone else or that will have an impact on a problem. You know, you become vegan for the sake of animals. But is that really going to help if you're the only one who's changing your diet? You know, where's the collective response? That's the thing I struggle with. And that's not to say that, you know, the choices that you make are because of that or that they're not legitimate because they totally are. And I think it's it, not as admirable is the wrong word. It sounds so patronizing, but I think like the mm -hmm. fact you can make those choices is really cool. But I see where the struggle comes from. 
Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I've stood at I've stood at rallies and I've I've held placards and hidden behind them because I actually feel <laughs> embarrassed. And this is true. Not necessarily my fault. I ended up at the first one I went to, but I was I was relatively young and I certainly believed in the message. It was not as though I was dragged along by force or anything like that. But I know I'm not a vegan. I know I'm not vegetarian. I know that I'm not doing enough to change my own circumstances. Am I doing enough for the animals that I'm supposedly protesting in support of? I mean, I totally understand that. I think that, you know, clearly in mine and Xanthi's experience is that we're making a certain choice as to how we decide to stand up for it. I've never been to an animal rights protest, but I, you know, I sit at home and once a week I don't eat meat, right? And I feel like that's two different ways of protest. Like you can protest in your house by yourself or you can protest in a big group of people and have your voice heard, you know, like not that either one is more or less valid, but I think that both are equally as important. And I would love to be a part of animal rights protests. I feel like I don't know enough and that's why I'm like, I'm not informed on that kind of thing. I'm not educated. And that's why I make the choice to do it in my house by myself without making my voice heard or anything like that because I just don't know anything and I could get educated if I really wanted to but coming back to it I'm very lazy (laughs) and I will take the easy way out of any situation so for me the easy way out is to just sit in my house and be like I'm not gonna eat me I'm a good person there's like not really a right way to do it or like a not enough way to do it. If you're sitting at home one day a week not eating meat, that's amazing. If you're going to animal rights protests, even if you are eating meat, like that's good as well. And so I think that there's so much pressure to fully commit to being a vegan or fully commit mm-hmm. to being a vegetarian. And that's like what turns people off as well because they're like scared of the whole commitment. But you don't have to do the whole commitment. Just do your best. And like that's enough because every little bit helps as like silly as that is. But it's true. It is. It's super and- true. And like even for me going like vegan one day a week, like there's so much things that could happen if every single person went vegan just one day a week like yeah exactly so much like so much good could be done and so that's why I choose to do it like in my house and I've always uh, back in the day when I was not really interested in being vegan it was purely because I was like well what's the point like very nihilistic very like yeah okay well if not every single person is going to go vegan then why should I but it is important. Like, and, and that's what's important about like people who are full-time vegan, people who are part-time vegan, people who are veggie, like everything like that. Um, just growing that amount little by little is really important and it does change things like genuinely and it is better for the environment. I'm sure that there's lots of things about farming that's super important. That's like one of those things that yeah, is like yeah. a huge juxtaposition for me is because I always want to support local farmers and I, I want to support the farmers of livestock that live here in Australia and that's how they make their money but at the same time are they always doing the right thing I don't know because I don't know them personally and that's like huge juxtaposition of like my opinions and that's why it's so hard to just be like oh well I'm just going to be vegan because I hate when people treat animals badly, but then it's like, okay, so I'm putting people out of work. Cool. Great. Yeah, no. Well, there's no ethical way to do anything. (laughs) Yeah, really to do anything. Like there's always going to be some harmful 
consequence but it's just like the better of two evils I guess yeah any situation I think and you're right like if everyone was at home and they were like what's the point of me being vegan for a week like that's not going to do anything but if everyone thought that no change would happen but if everyone did the opposite and was like yeah I am going to be vegan for a week that would make a massive change so like you can't have that mentality of like me not eating meat isn't going to make a difference yeah it's like very all or nothing yeah I think uh, come to think of it I think I've actually probably made more dietary choices and smarter dietary choices over the past sort of five or six years I think more so than I ever have um to the point where you know I've cut a lot of red meat out of my diet you know and Mm -hmm. I, I still live at home and that's a conscious decision that we as a family unit have made so I think it is actually possible to make those small changes and yet they are as you say they are quite big you know it's big to go Mm -hmm. even one day a week that is a huge i don't have the stats in front of me but if you look at methane production from cows is one very minute issue yeah like you can imagine the scale quite quickly right so from an environmental point of view i can certainly see the benefits so there's that and then there's things like almond milk which is super popular is very very taxing on the environment to make like the amount of water needed to create almond milk is redonkulous, like absolutely redonkulous. It's not good for the environment at all, but people drink almond milk as a solution for not drinking full fat milk. Yeah, and then there's also people who can't drink full cream milk anyway as a dietary thing, you know, like talking mm-hmm. lactose intolerance. So you've also, like, you've got to have the alternative anyway. It's how do you make that alternative sustainable? Exactly, um, And I think that's the biggest issue that we're going to have in the food supply moving forward is, is sustainability one way or the other, whether it's still a predominantly meat-based economy or meat-based diet across the country or whether mm-hmm. whether we do start to sort of en masse start changing. Oh, what I found very interesting in doing research is that we are probably the second most popular nation for vegans in the entire world. Um, so based on Google Trends data from 2020, we're second only to the UK. And yet when you go to the UK, you can see how different things are over there. You can see mm-hmm. how many more vegetarian options there are. I think they're about 15 to 20 years ahead of us in terms of being vegetarian. But we kind of, I think the popularity of veganism has kind of leapfrogged that in Australia anyway. So it's in their culture a lot more than it is here. But mm-hmm. I also do think it's changing and it's very funny. I um, One of my jobs is I work in a supermarket and it's always funny when I come to work after they've changed what's on the shelves and, you know, there's another gluten-free option or there's another vegan-friendly option or mm-hmm. there's another, like, some other consideration of diet. I, it's just funny to see that when you grow up pretty much thinking there is one way to eat and you have to eat this way. You know, yeah. think about as a kid, like, the amount of ads for red meat for mm-hmm. uh, yeah. pork, for, for things like that. You, that is a, is a massive industry. They advertise, they get into the national psyche every year around Australia Day. There's always an advertising campaign around red meat. So I can see why it takes time for that culture to change. But I do think it's changing and the trends show that it's changing. I think this conversation wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. No, and even, even just gluten-free, like the fact that, so many people are only now like in their 40s getting diagnosed as celiac because everyone was just like oh 
gluten-free, you can't eat gluten-free, oh, you hoity-toity, you eating gluten-free. Like, it's just annoying. Like, people are so annoying. If you, like, want to eat something else that's, like, not pure-blooded Australian red meat, like, chill for three seconds, let me eat what I feel like. I've I've personally had conversations with people and I've been accused of eating, of being hoity-toity because I don't eat gluten. Um, I'm obviously (laughs) joking. Exactly. I'm obviously (laughs) making that up. But, no, but I can see what you mean and I think that it, it, it says something that we are sort of now having that conversation around eating, around dieting and around the fact that what we eat can actually affect our health. Mm-hmm. Again, I think we only sort of looked at that on a very surface level with regards to heart attacks and diabetes again yeah. 20 years ago. I think we've come a really long way in the last two decades. Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. This podcast has given me a lot to think about, but it's also making me hungry. <laughs> I'm starving. That is not fair. And I've had dinner and I, I don't know, I've eaten meat products as part of that, you know. Me too. <laughs> Sorry, animals, we love you. Oh, my God. I was going to say, have either of you had one of those, like, meat alternative burgers that different burger chains, and I'm trying very hard to not subliminal advertise. Um, Anthony, you've mentioned KFC 600 times, and they're not paying us for it. So, um, <laughs> not spawn. Not, not spawn. But have you tried any of their, like, alternative meat burgers? Because I haven't yet, but I know that the fake meat I've tried, which is quite nice, mind you, does not taste like beef. Yeah. Oh, wait, are we talking about KFC? I didn't know they had fake meat. <laughs> <laughs> this is like revelation. The the one I had in mind, I, I will beep this out. The one I'm thinking of is, um, oh, but, um, but there are others, I believe. I don't think it's just that one chain, which I'll try not to mention again. Uh, mm-hmm. That are doing like I can think of others. I will just start beeping them. Have them. I'm fairly certain. Oh yeah, they do. Like I know that's really trendy at the moment. So is it something that? Like, what are your thoughts? If you haven't tried it, like, if you have, what are your thoughts? If you haven't, fake meat, is that really cool? Um, <laughs> Good you know question. What? All those chains are doing it just to keep up. They're not, like, just to keep up with the trends. Like, what to be woke. Actually, yeah, to be woke, because what they're giving us is crap. And the first one that you mentioned, I have tried. I was a fan just because it was, like, really the only option. I get most of my fake meat from like the frozen food section and there's some good stuff in there and like Mm -hmm. you really wouldn't know the difference because they're actually the people and the companies that um have fake meat in the frozen food section are doing it because they themselves are vegan they want to produce stuff that is really meat tasting to I guess so meat eaters like Jake could eat it and um, be satisfied with it. But then, like, I feel like the fast food chains are producing it just to keep up. Like, they don't really care what it tastes like. They're just giving yeah. us, like, an option. Just a little crumb. Like, just a little scraps, you know? <laughs> Honestly, and half of them don't, like, they make vegetarian burgers on the same grill that they make yeah. the meat burgers anyway. So it's like, yeah. so what are we doing here? Like, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make any sense. On the one hand, I kind of see the appeal in that burgers are nice and if you can have burgers without the guilt around meat that's come from animals, then perhaps that's a more ethical choice or at least a less guilt-inducing choice. On the other hand, why would you... If if your ethos was you wanted to avoid meat, why would you eat something that is 
a replica of meat, would you not go for an alternative that has no semblance to meat whatsoever? Yeah, I guess. Sometimes I do eat, like, the thing that really tipped me over the edge to being, like, a vegetarian was, in general, sausages and hot dogs. I think they're so disgusting. So Mm. I have tried, like, I know... Tell us how you really feel, Xanthi. I know. I'm really trying to dim it down, if you can't tell, but freaking hate sausages and <laughs> I have tried vegan sausages before and they're too real and it really grosses me out but like I do still like burgers and I just appreciate the fact that like I can eat a vegan burger and it tastes like the real thing which I do enjoy eating but I don't have the guilt about it and I can tell I can tell myself oh it's just vegetables and like that's true it is just vegetables yeah so, like, and I think Like, back to what you were saying before about how it's taken us a long time to even figure out that it's okay to eat things that's not meat. And so because that's still, like, ingrained in our heads through advertising and through life in general, we want things to replicate the real thing, even though we're allowed to eat plant-based anything now. It's more natural to us to have those textures and to have that kind of taste in our mouths so it makes sense for our bodies like to not like shock our bodies into just being like let's only eat asparagus like we can enjoy (laughs) things that taste like other things but it like not it not be like such a big deal i guess i'm just amused that that asparagus is the first vegetable that comes to mind for you i know uh, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> just, just, uh, of all the choices, asparagus. Like, is, you know, is that your favourite vegetable? I wouldn't absolutely have thought so. not. I literally don't think I've ever eaten asparagus. It sounds disgusting. Oh, <laughs> sorry, asparagus. Don't listen to this part. <laughs> would I, um, Send me hate mail again. <laughs> we'll put the time codes in the description so you can avoid it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chloe has um, just reminded me in that jump cut that I've so seamlessly edited that you didn't know was there until I explicitly mentioned there was a jump cut uh, that we need to do final takeaways. And I'm going to start simply by saying that fake meat maybe is okay, but more importantly, Chloe has never eaten asparagus. That is my takeaway <laughs> message from this episode of the podcast. Um, my takeaway message is everyone, please watch Seaspiracy on Netflix. We are not sponsored, but it did make me sob like a little baby and I have not eaten seafood since then. So if you want to keep eating seafood, maybe don't watch it because it's like pretty hefty. And if you want to, that's fine. If you want to keep radicalizing yourself, um, go and watch The Cove (laughs) as well afterwards. I haven't, I haven't seen Seaspiracy, but we watched The Cove in high school. Oh my God. Seaspiracy is honestly worse. Yeah. No. They showed us the cove in high school, and Trigger. that was oh man, full emotionally on. like destroying. Full on, I yeah, I'm I'm, I'm never gonna eat dolphin again. Zambi, um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Your final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts was this was a very interesting experience for me. I do feel very validated, especially <gasps> speaking to Chloe about her part-time veganism. Um, I feel satisfied. Stop. <laughs> That's the part where we just flirt for 30 minutes. The, my final takeaway is I love you, Chloe, and I always have. Please take me back. <laughs> um, no, my final takeaway is I do feel very validated and I feel better about my decisions now. I feel like I'm doing enough. I feel like you guys are doing enough. Um, 
and yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs>